this is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castorbrus. Hey, you fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 72. 72, woo! All systems go, as Tom Baker once said. All systems go. Yeah. Uh, we hope you guys have had a fantastic week. How have you been, buddy? Uh, I've been good. Yeah, not too bad at all, thanks. Uh, just getting back into the swing of things in the new year. How about you? Yeah, the same as, mate. Um... Yeah, just trying to get settled back into the new year and just trying to look forward to things, really, rather than think about it as the big old slog. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and definitely try and get back into the routine because uh, this morning we've had a few um, a few technical gremlins. Mm, a lot of cybermats in the system this morning, haven't we? Yeah, on account of my uh, my uh, my stupidity this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've recorded this once already. Yeah, we've had a rehearsal, which we don't normally do, so we've had a bit of a rehearsal. Yeah, so um, so uh, have you guys managed to find anything to do, Doctor Who-wise, over the last week, seeing as there's no Who on TV? Um, the only thing I did notice, mate, was um, uh, on BBC4, they stuck a Tom Baker story on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, the face of evil. Face of evil. Yeah, Louise Jameson, who I, I love Louise Jameson. I think she's a, she's a brilliant companion. Mm. Um, I, I, did you watch it? Uh, I didn't watch it on TV, no. <clears throat> All right. I started to. Um, as usual, I was moaned at by my other half. Oh, there must be something else on because we were having dinner. And um, So, I, yeah, I did watch a little bit of it. I mean, obviously, I've seen it a few times before. But, yeah. but uh, it's yeah, it's a good one. We'll, we'll have to review that <clears throat> in we will the future. Have to. Yes, we yes. will have to, for sure. Um, yeah, and you you kind of like watching uh, Who on TV, right? It has a different feel about it, and I don't know why. It's like it's because it's live, and I think you get the the feeling that other people may be watching, so you're not watching it alone and stuff. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? When you put a DVD on, it's just you sat in a room. Yeah. But, you know, I'm normally on my own if it's Doctor Who, because because uh, no one else will watch it with me. But when it's on TV, I mean, for example, I was sort of chatting to a couple of people on Facebook that were like, "Oh, Face of Evil's on in ten minutes," and it just you know, so you know they're watching it. And it feels a bit more. Um, communal if you like so yeah there's right. something about it being on tv i just it's always good to see doctor on tv especially classic stuff which uh, yeah. doesn't get shown that often so hmm. I, i'm wondering if there was a reason they showed it I, I don't you know it wasn't an anniversary of it or something or probably just to to fill a gap on bbc4 i should think um yeah that's normally the case isn't it with these things and you were saying it got reasonably good viewing figures as well, you said, didn't you? Not too bad, yeah. I think it was, um, I think it, I'm sure it was like sort of 80,000 odd. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure. And I think if, if memory serves, because I remember reading it online the other day, if, if memory serves correctly, I think that is um, slightly higher than your average for that, yeah, for that viewing bad. time. I think yeah. it dropped off towards the end. I think as um, oh. the third and fourth episodes um, uh, came on. Yeah, so I think... Actually, no, it got... Actually, a lot more than that. I'm very sorry, yeah. Um, 140,000, just over. Mm. Um, 
which is above the average. I think that time slot, sorry, I think the average is about 80,000. Right. And it's got 140,000. So, um, and I think it went up to 180,000 altogether. So, that's promising. As I say, I mean, because, you know, obviously for BBC Four as well, it doesn't get very high viewing figures. So, mm. that, that might mean they might start showing some more classics, which would be nice. Um, obviously, the Horror Channel was still showing some. Um, I, I do often sort of just flick over to see what's on there. I don't know about you. Yeah. I'm just always yeah. curious to see because they show them all out of order. So it's a bit like um, it's a bit like a sort of lucky dip. You just switch over and, you know, which doctor have we got tonight? Um, and uh, they've been showing some good stuff. A lot of this showing a lot of Baker, obviously, which is always good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's good to have a bit of classic on on TV. I've actually I have actually been watching a bit of classic this week. Um, Obviously, I watched our review episode, but also, I don't know if you've seen these commentary CDs that you can buy for Web of, Fle- Web of Fear and um, Enemy of the World. You know, Phantom Films produced these CDs that because the DVDs had no extras on, Phantom Films did these CDs. Yes. With commentaries yeah. with Toby Haydock and John Levine's on there. Yeah, we spoke uh, about Deborah those, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So they, they, they turned up just before Christmas, and I haven't had a chance to, to listen to them. And, um, yeah, the other day I, I put Web of Fear on and listened to the first two commentaries for those. And uh, they're really good. I mean, Toby Haydock's always good anyway. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I uh, John Levine hasn't joined the commentary yet, and I'm really looking forward to him coming on because, uh, obviously, him and Toby uh, have a good rapport <laughs> together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I've been watching a bit of Web of Fear this week along with those commentaries, and that's been good. I mean, it's a good story, that one. Love um, Web of Fear. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, we, we don't forget now. Yeah. I think we did that one. I think we did it. I'm sure we did. You feel like they're being a bit more um, candid on these commentaries as well. I don't know if it's because they're not sort of BBC produced and they just feel they can actually say what they like, but they're, they're quite sort of um, quite openly talking about the era stuff. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. Deborah Watling was talking about some actor that was awful. Um, that she was you know, really unimpressed with. He was moaning about doing a children's show and she said, oh, what a horrible man and all this. And I was thinking, <laughs> you know, they're quite quite honest on the commentary. So, yeah, they're worth picking up. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to listening to the Enemy of the World one uh, probably next week, see what that's like. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I've had quite a good bit of classic here this week. How about you? Yeah, cool. And um, just to touch on what you were saying there, we actually did The Web of Fear this time last year. Oh, wow, that's why I can't remember it. It seems yeah. like, yeah, it seems ages ago. Yeah. Um, what have I been up to? Um, not much to do with who. I've been doing a bit of research to see um, what conventions are on uh, this year because mm. I want to try and get a plan in place um, uh, to get out and about. And um, I saw on a tweet earlier today from um, from Big Finish or or the, the guys that run the event, but there's only going to be one day of the Doctor's convention this year. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Which I think is in a couple of weeks' time with Sylvester McCoy. and uh, 16th, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I was quite... Because I'm, I'm not going to that one because um, although it's probably going to be a decent event, I, there's just not enough people there um, to go. I think if they had a couple of doctors there and a couple more people, I probably would. But um, yeah. And nothing against Sylvester McCoy, but he's the only doctor there and... You already um, met him. Yeah. So I think if they had like a trio like they had last time, that would have been cool. Um, mm. But I I saw a follow-up tweet to say that they were using the rest of the year to put loads of time into a much bigger and better Day of the Doctors 9 next year. Ooh. So that might be cool. Mm. Yeah, because I like those events. They're good. Yeah. Um, and also, um, one of our listeners, um, 
uh, Adam. Uh, I think on Twitter he goes by the name of Adam the Ultimate Whovian. Oh, yeah, I know Adam, yeah. Um, he, um, he popped up to say that um, Colin Baker and McCoy are going to be at London Film and Comic Con in July. Mm. So we didn't get to that one last year because the tickets sold out really quickly. Yeah. Due to uh, Michael J. Fox and the other Back to the Future people being there. So um, hopefully we'll get to that one this year because it's normally a good event. It's pretty big and get plenty of people there. Yeah, I like those events. It really does depend who they get because um, I went to the London Film Comic Con that was a few months before. Um, it's a different venue and it was pretty dead. Um, I don't know if you, it's the one where I met John Levine. Yes. So I just yep. sort of, because that was so quiet, you know, I didn't even think about buying an advance ticket to the next one. I just thought, well, I'll just rock up like I did last time. <laughs> but because they had, yeah, like you said, some really big guests at that one, it sold out really, really quickly. So, yeah, just depends. But I do like them. They are good. They're good fun. And there's always loads of cosplayers at those, yeah. which I love. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully going to that one. And I think there's, I might try and get to the Cardiff one as well, because I, I know Colin Baker's there. Mm. And they'll probably do some other people, so I might try and get to that one. Um, otherwise, I'm hoping to get to that one because I want mm. Colin to sign my regeneration set. So I'm I'm eyeing up the Cardiff one. I'd like to do like a long weekend there and do that. And the experience is what I'm hoping. I don't know if I'll uh, don't know if that'll come off, but that's what I'm hoping to do. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, just catching up with um, some other who I was checking out. Um, one you guys might have heard of him and. Um, uh, he comments quite a lot is a guy called Tom Dix. And, um, I think it was the last week of 2015 or the week after that. I can't remember, but I've only just got around to seeing it. Um, he does these, um, Epic Who awards. Oh yeah. Uh, so they were quite cool. So, um, uh, so I was checking those out and I noticed you got a little, uh, sneaky nomination there, buddy. Yes. I got a nomination. I didn't win yeah. sadly. I, um, so who, who beat me? I can't remember now. Probably those pesky hill addicts or something, but, those who but yeah, I, guys, I watched yeah. the awards. Yeah. It was good fun. I loved it. He did like, um, the credits at the end were done in the style of the star Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The you know, list at the beginning. And I, I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's good fun. Quite cool. Yeah. Um, there's always next year. <laughs> there's always next year. Yeah. Tom. And also I noticed Tom that there was no podcast category in there. Mm. What's going on? Cause, uh, I'm 99% sure he would have stole that one. Oh, yeah. I'll have to get one in for next year. Well, I know he's already planning next year. So, uh, Tom, if you're listening, yeah, get a podcast one in. That'd be good. Yeah, that's cool. Um, um, just talking a big finish, they are hmm. doing some big announcement today. They are. Um, yeah. yeah. Have, do you, have they done it yet? Uh, I don't believe so. All right. I'm just um, going to... I'm just going to open up their website on the laptop to keep an eye on that throughout the show because uh, it'd be great to get some... <laughs> breaking news because uh <laughs> yeah normally unlike some big announcements that turn out to be real damp squids uh big finish if they say they're going to announce <laughs> something cool generally tends to be something cool damp so, squid. Uh, love it yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's see what have we got uh no nothing on the website yet but yeah there is a there is some announcement coming from there today what do you reckon it is so something they've been planning for 35 years or something no yeah, it's been Something in the been making for a long time. Yeah, in that's the, right. Yeah, so let's rewind. Thirty-five years. That would have been. It's Adric, isn't it? Must be Adric. No, um, I don't know. But... Adric. Um, no, I'm not sure, but yeah, we'll let you guys know. Um, thirty-five. Well, I'm sure you'll all see it anyway, as it's plastered everywhere. But and we'll we'll probably speak about it next week. But yeah, it's um something big apparently is coming. And I'm I trying think... to think what haven't they done though? I mean, I'm trying to think what could they possibly be. Hmm, it could be Clive. 
Could be the Clive. could be the Clive audio series. Ah, that's got to come soon. Sold it to him. <laughs> Next time we're at um, uh, a convention where there's big Finnish peeps, I'll have a chat with Lisa Bowerman. Yeah. Just say, look, you, you're missing a trick here. <laughs> the Adventures of Clive. You're hunting down the Ninth Doctor. We do love Clive. We do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not much. I still haven't sorted my shelf out. Really got to do that because there's stuff piling up on it now. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, and also, I looked on the, before we get into the news, just lastly, I looked on um, the BBC store recently, because mm. um, I'm sure they said they were going to be adding some more classic stories, because all of the newer Doctor Who stuff is there, all of the episodes are there for those. But yeah. the classic Doctors, not all of them are there. Um, and I wanted to watch our review episode, Revelation, um, just the other night in bed on my iPad. Oh, um, right. And they've only got two stories for Colin Baker. Really? Hmm. So, you know, as we've said a hundred times before, we know that the Beeb listen. So you really need to sort that out, guys, because there's plenty of Tom Baker, as you'd expect. Um, plenty of Davison and McCoy and all that stuff. There's even more William Hartnell and, I dare say it, uh, Troughton on there than Colin Baker. How strange. I wonder why true? that is. Could be, hmm. you know, it could be writing issues or, I don't know, it's a bit odd. Hmm. Yeah, Colin's got his fans out there, you know. They're missing a trick there. Oh, he has, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so not up to anything else, really. Yeah, just getting back into the swing. Indeedy. Uh, without further ado, should we land this big old bugger and do the yes. news? Yes, I think we should. First up this week, um, we have a uh, nomination for the show. Mm. Not our show. No. But the Doctor Who show. Not even the Doctor Who show. A nomination for Doctor Who TV series. You know the one starring that Scottish guy? Oh, I know the one. You know the one. So every January, um, the National TV Awards um, opens up their, their polls for the great uh, British public to vote on their favourite shows and Doctor Who is there um, deservedly so um, under best drama um, which is which is cool I mean it, they don't have a sci-fi category no. which I'm sure it would probably clean up on if it was a sci-fi which they don't have interesting enough but um, mm. yeah best drama it's going up against Broadchurch though Mr Tennant Yes, yeah. There's a lot of fans on there. I remember speaking on Twitter the other day about it, and uh, um, what was it, Facebook? Yeah, I think somebody posted on Facebook and said um, uh, they're going to vote for Broadchurch. What? Yeah. Traitor. Um, yeah, they said uh, it's up against Broadchurch, and I wasn't that fussed about Series 9, so I voted mm. Broadchurch. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, it's up against Downton Abbey, Broadchurch, and Casualty. Oh, yeah, it should wipe the floor. I mean, I, I I don't watch Broadchurch, but I hear it's very good. So um, I can't judge that. But, I mean, Casualty and Downtown Abbey, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm... I, I don't watch Casualty. I don't watch Downtown Abbey. No. Now, Casualty is one of those things that is just an unchanged formula, isn't it? Yeah. It's just the yeah. same old. It's a bit like... I remember years ago, my mum watching it, and she also watched um, this police, uh, The Bill, Oh, the bill. And I remember the two of them being exactly the same story. 
every <laughs> single week. Yeah. Um, so I don't think Casualty should win. Um, Downton, I don't watch it. Um, but Even as- Maggie Smith hates Downtown and she's in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw a brilliant interview of her. I love her. I saw a brilliant interview of her because she doesn't mince her words, does she? She was just like, he said, oh, are you pleased it's finishing? She's like, oh, yeah. She really wasn't like fussed about saying it's been a real drag to do, <laughs> even though it's, you know, even yeah. though it's so popular. Yeah. Um, so the only other one I watch in that category is Broadchurch. And I must admit, I, did, I really, really like Broadchurch. It was a great drama, really well written. And David Tennant, was, he was very, very good. Every time I dipped yeah. into that, the woman was just constantly crying. Like, I kept hearing how good it was. So I'd occasionally <laughs> yeah. sort of flick over and say, oh, Broadchurch, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just, um, what's that actress's name? Um, she's really good as well. She was in Peep Show and The 11th Hour and, you know, the other officer. Um, um, something Coleman. It, um, Coleman, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, yes. Yeah, great actress. But every time I turned over, she's just bawling her eyes out. Just like, oh, I can't watch this. Yeah, she was a bit... Uh, the first series was like that as well, where the the mum of the boy who who got murdered she was she was every episode bawling about something but um but yeah so i did really like that however my loyalty has to lie with with who of course of course and who did have a good run for a while with this award didn't it, it won it for a few years running i think yeah tenant and won tenant. It, and then matt mm. smith won it didn't he but it kind of trailed off a bit, didn't it, mm. in the last year or so? Yeah. So we could do with coming back. Um, I mean, I would, I'd love to see who picked this award up. Um, I think it deserves it. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in Series 9. So, yeah, I'd like to see Doctor Who win it, obviously. I'd love to see Capaldi get up there and accept it. Yeah, of course. That'd be awesome. Mm. So get voting. We've put an, um, I've put an, a link in the show notes for this. Um, uh, but if not, if you just do... Um, if you just do a search for National TV Television Awards, um, it will pop up and then you can... It's really easy to vote. It's like seven or eight different categories and they've got mm. these really big panels. You just click a, put a big tick in the box and then just put your email address at the end. Job done. I must admit, I, when you put the link up the other day, I did do it. Um, and uh, there's quite a few because you can skip categories on yeah. there, which I really liked because yeah. I... I hate the soaps. So I don't watch any of them. Me too. Um, yeah. I just I can't understand why anyone would want to bring that amount of misery into their own home. But so yeah, I'm really pleased that you don't have to vote for one because I must admit, if I had have been forced to pick one, I would have just not bothered filling it in. But you can actually skip categories, which is really good. Yes. So I skipped all the soaps, went straight to the Doctor Who one, and voted obviously. Obviously. So yeah, good luck, Peter Capaldi and Jenna, if you're there. Yeah. That's a if good you're not point. filming yeah. Victoria. Yeah, so that's cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, in other news, um, well, this is, wow. Our US <laughs> buddies, you're, you're lucky because Tops, is this the same as Top Trumps or is this different? Tops? Uh, this is different. It's different, is it? Tops, yes. double P. Yes. Training cards um, have recently released a new set in the US of A um, featuring 200 base cards. Uh, and these, I mean, oh, I don't know about you, but as soon as I saw these, I wanted to get my hands on them. I love these kind of silly things. Yeah, um, yeah. Amazingly, it says this is the first comprehensive Dot Two trading card released in the US, which I find really hard to believe. I assumed they, because trading cards are quite big business, aren't they? Like collectors of these things really mm-hmm. hunt. You know, I've seen really hunt them down. I've seen people sort of paying lots of money for you know really rare cards and, and things like. That. Yeah, they go for um, they go for like hundreds of pounds some of the rare ones yeah. um so the the company tops 
that they started doing sport like US sports trading cards like years uh-huh. ago, like back in the fifties or forties or something. Yeah. Um, and I think their only other big sort of franchise they do outside of sports is Star Wars. Right. Okay. Um, and the Star Wars tops cards, they've been going for like donkey's years and some of those are worth a lot of money. So, mm. um, and it's good that they're releasing a decent size amount as well. Um, so 200 cards is quite a lot. It's quite a lot to mm. collect. And, um, some of them are signed as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it's a, it's a print. Well, it must be because I think it's got some of the early doctor's signatures. But yeah, you could get ones with autographs on the back. Um, you can get ones with bits of clothing. I always find them weird. I've never actually managed to get any of those. Um, you know, they have like a little piece of fabric attached to it, oh, which yeah. is like the doctor's trousers or <laughs> Udalian costume or something like that. Yeah. Um, but these look really cool. I, I Do you think we're going to be able to get these over here? I mean, they are a US thing, but do you think we might, um, FP might import them because i've already as you would expect as soon as this was announced <laughs> loads of people were instantly like oh why aren't they available in the uk or, oh can i get them in the uk so do you think they might find their way over because they do look really cool i mean even the packaging looks great yes um it's hard to say because i've not i honestly haven't seen much of the whole tops trading cards thing in the uk it's a very it is a very american thing because like i say it's mainly they mainly do US sports like baseball cards and American football and stuff like that. Um, so right. possibly, I mean, yeah, probably as a as a short term win, it would probably be probably be people like Forbidden Planet importing them in and stuff. But I got yes. a bit excited then because I just noticed at the bottom of the news article it does have a link to click to Amazon. <laughs> it says order on Amazon, and I've just clicked on it thinking, ah, oh, maybe. But no, it's the US Amazon. So, yeah, you lucky people. These look great. Um, I'm sure they will find their way over here somehow. Yeah, yeah. Probably people would be selling on eBay for silly money or something. But but uh, really nice little collector's cards they are. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So that's it for the news. But just before we head off, Gary, um, I want to ask you, did you see this brilliant video that Peter Capaldi did uh, that's gone viral where he um, basically he got sent a YouTube video Oh yeah, with yeah. people wishing him happy birthday. So he did a video of himself, sort of sat next to the his laptop playing the video, thanking every single person in that video. Yeah. Have you seen that? It's really good. He is the man, isn't he? I just oh, yeah. oh, I just love Capaldi. Yeah, he's um, he's a great ambassador for the show, isn't he? Oh, he's just amazing. Yeah, yeah I just was sat there thinking that it's just such a cool thing to do. And what I love about it is when it gets to the end, somebody comes in his trailer and says. Uh, <laughs> Peter, you're on. And he's just like, yep, just a minute. I'm just filming something. It's just like, oh, just brilliant. I yeah, love it's it. great. Yeah. Um, and actually, one last thing Ooh. before we move on to our review is um, if you're listening to this today, the day it goes out, uh, which will be the 8th of Jan, uh, that would have been uh, Mr. Hartnell's birthday. Oh, yes. Billy Hartnell. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, amazingly, um, he was born in 1908. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, happy birthday, Mr. Hartnell. Yeah, the man who started it all. The guy who started it all, yes. Without you, we wouldn't be sitting here today. Hmm? <laughs> um, so, yes, that's the news done. Um, yeah. Adam, my good fellow. Yes, Gary. What are we reviewing today? Well, we're going to take a little TARDIS trip to Tranquil Repose because we're reviewing Revelation of the Daleks. I see you've been busy, whereas you have been stupid, Doctor. Prerogative of a Time Lord. 
Where's Perry? Safe. For the time being. I must say I'm surprised to see you. The last time we met, your ship blew up. I thought with you on board. Not when there is an escape pod to be had. Or it seems a lift by a transporter to this place. Ah! There I was, fortunate. Oh, I like the statue, by the way. Very good likeness. There really... You shouldn't have bothered. As with the news of Stengos' death, it was all part of my scheme to lure you here. All very clever. And apart from a little grave robbing, what else have you been up to? You cannot steal what has already been abandoned. No one is interested in the people here. That's not what I've heard. As your grave-robbing friends have now been exterminated, you will not hear the complaint again! Do you never do anything but kill? Buddy, isn't it fantastic going back to the classic years? <laughs> oh, it really is. It yeah. really is. I'm just, I'm grinning so much. Oh, <laughs> I love Malloy's Davros. Yeah, he's brilliant, oh, isn't he? Yeah. Superb. Yeah. yeah. Enjoyed watching this one. Yeah. Revelation mm. of the Daleks. Um, one, in my opinion, one of the, um, one of the uh, sort of uh, like forgotten stories, really, in the classic years, because where it concerns Daleks, um, or Daleks, um, so many people focus on the more famous ones like Genesis and, dare I say it, Remembrance. Remembrance. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of people focus on those ones. And this one, um, I think it's, well, I don't think it should be forgotten, really, because it's a pretty cool little Dalek story. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's really it's a really odd little story, isn't it? It um, is odd. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I've watched it a few times, but not for a long time. And um, I just, yeah, wow! I just really got such a buzz of nostalgia when I, when this when I put this on the other day. Mm-hmm. Even though I've seen it and I know everything that's coming, and yeah, yeah, it's um, it is though. It's such a strange little story, and it's <laughs> one that, um, like a lot of Colin Baker's stories, I. I tend to have to be in the right mood to watch them. Like some some Doctor stories, particularly the other Doctors, I could just bung on or put in the background or whatever. And, but with Collins, I think they, they do have a different tone to them. They're yeah. quite often quite dark and sinister. Um, and this one is very dark and sinister, but manages to have more humour than a lot of his do. Um, and it really works as well, I think. I, th- I mean, it's there's some really dark moments in this that perhaps normally I wouldn't... Because like... Attack of the Side Men, I find quite grim at times. It can be. Whereas yeah. this, it is grim, but it's got it's it's just madness. Anyway, we'll get into a bit more <laughs> in it. But it, yeah, it's it's a crazy, crazy story. This one, it is it is pretty crazy, and um, it's enjo- it's it's one of those sto- you know with some Doctor Who stories. And I'm sure you guys will agree that there are some stories where the script isn't great story's not very good and the acting's not that brilliant so you tend to watch through these episodes and feel a little bit yeah that wasn't too great Mm. to me this is one of those stories where it's got some great bits in it and it's a bit wacky um and it makes you overlook the not so good bits in it totally because you're just enjoying it you're just going with the story yeah and um uh so i mean the story in general is pretty um it seems kind of complicated on the surface, but it's actually really simple, really. It's just the mm. case of um, uh, Davros is sort of underhandedly bringing back the Daleks. 
pretty much it. He's um yeah. he somehow escaped um from because the last story that he was in was Resurrection. Uh, Resurrection of the Daleks, yeah. yeah. And um That's when he's getting all the shaving foam flying out of him, isn't it? And he's going, <laughs> Oh, what is happening? Yeah, that's um yeah, that's the last we see of him, isn't it? He's he's kind of like just spinning around with shaving foam flying out of him because of the Morellan virus, whatever it's called. <laughs> shaving yeah, foam. They, yeah. they kind of don't um they don't really explain how he got out of that, do they? He kind of brushes over it with like something about an escape pod and that's it. Yeah, I was gonna say we last <laughs> saw him and he was in not too good shape, really. Yeah. Um, but now he just seems to be completely fine um, and has escaped via an escape pod from, from somewhere. But yeah. um, And that's basically the, the, the plot point, isn't it? Um, the, the people on this, um, uh, on Necros, which is such a cool name for a planet. Necros, yeah. Yeah, so the people on Necros, um, it's based in this futuristic funeral home, isn't it? Yeah. Um, called Tranquil Repose. Mm. <laughs> um, and he's he's pulled the wool over their eyes really because they because they refer to him as um the, the great healer the great healer yeah, yeah. um but secretly he's um he's taking people and uh uh sort of turning them into into new daleks really yeah and also there's something i noticed at the end which i'd never picked up on before which is actually quite a big plot point there's something about that Kara's running like a food factory isn't she that Kara woman and like that, it turns out that they're eating their own dead or something. I, and there's a line at the end, and I'm thinking, oh, I never noticed that before. It's about something about eating their own dead, and the doctor's like repulsed by it. Yeah. Davros is just l- laughing insanely. <laughs> uh, so he's got a lot going on. He's got it all figured out, hasn't he? Anything that's not good enough to be turned into a Dalek has basically been turned into food, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, obviously, the you know, you say like we don't know that he how he escaped from that that virus thing mm-hmm. what i liked about this is because it starts off that he's it's not the davros that we know in his chair is it it starts off that he's this head in a tube <laughs> yeah so yeah, i kind of thought oh right so obviously he escaped but only his head survived or something yeah. so i kind of like that even though we find out later on it's a bit of a um doppelganger if you like a red herring a red herring. Um, but Dog. yeah, I liked that because I thought, oh, okay, so they're not explaining it, but that's, you know, we can see that he's not in a good way after uh, Resurrection. Yes. So, yeah. Because yeah. I, Oops. yeah, when I first watched this one, um, a couple of years ago now, I think, um, I immediately, that's what I immediately thought. I thought mm. the last time, because he had the whole shaving foam thing going <laughs> on, I thought, wow, this has really left him in a bad way because it's now yeah. just a head. Um, but it turns out it was a decoy. Yes, I'm, I assume. I don't know how he did that. Don't know. I don't know how he's engineered clever, that. But um, clever man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this um, this story picks up like many Doctor Who stories with um, the Doctor and his companion, uh, in this case Perry, um, have landed on this planet, um, and then uh, the the sinister events unfold. And it's down to them to, well, not just them in this episode, but but them with a lot of help, I would say, to save the day. There's um, some great characters in this. I think that's one of the things that makes it really, really good, is that there's some really, really good characters introduced in this. And they're, some of them are slightly hammy, you know, some of them sort of play up a bit, yep. but they, um, they kind of don't go over the top. I, I really, really love the characters. With we the get exception to of one. This. 
Um, yeah, they might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know the one you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, I may agree with that. We'll yeah. see. But yeah, but overall, the characters are really, really interesting in this. They so are. They're just um, yeah. everybody's so watching their own back, and they're yeah. just so. Um, they're not evil, are they? But they're all. They're quite a selfish race, aren't they? <laughs> These people. Everyone in it's just sort of like. Um, you know, looking out for their own. Basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the groups of characters we've got, we we obviously have the Doctor and Perry, mm-hmm. um, who arrive on Necros for a funeral, yeah, which I think he's got a nice big coat on, isn't he? Blue coat. His blue coat, and Perry's all dressed in blue because apparently that's the the colour of mourning on Necros. Yeah, and the TARDIS light looks like a yogurt pot, but we don't know why. It looks like a yogurt pot. Oh yes, yeah. It looks yeah. A bit same wrong up. with the TARDIS yeah. light. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then we also, ha- uh, so that's the first group, and they all kind of convene towards the end. But uh, that's the first one. The second one we have um, the the people that work in the funeral parlor. So um, we have the guy that was famously um, in Keeping Up Appearances, Clive Swift. Yeah, quite a few years later with um, mm. Mrs. Bucket, and um, he's um, he's an interesting character, and he's getting chased around by uh, Jobel. Um, no, no, he's called Joe. Oh, sorry, not Joe. Well, um, yeah, uh, what's Mr. her name? Jobel. Um, uh, she's uh, got a funny name. What is it? Tran- Tams, Tams and Beaker. Tams and Beaker, sorry. Yeah, Jenny Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's getting like constantly <laughs> hounded and, and stuff by that. And that's like its own little story and its own thing. Then we have Davros and the Daleks, or the new Daleks, should we say. Mm. Uh, we have um, the, um, the, the woman who is running this like famine relief food thing yeah. um who conspires to to kill davros mm-hmm. she hires this really cool guy called orsini <laughs> yeah. um and his um and his little sidekick bostock mm-hmm. um he's like this uh, bounty hunter assassin type of guy they're really cool and then we have these like smaller characters like these couple of little renegade um uh necros peeps uh who are uh, she's trying to track down where her father's gone that's right. And yes. she ultimately yeah. finds him in this really cool little uh, story twist, mm. which is very cool. It's visually very interesting, that bit, isn't it? Yeah. The, the whole see-through Dalek with the... It's quite grim, actually. Yeah, the glass sort of Dalek this, casing. Yeah, you can sort of see all this... What I don't know how to describe it. Like all this bubbling... looks like liver... It's just, I don't know, it's just a blob with some metal teeth in it. It's, oh, it's really well done, actually. For its time, yeah. Yeah, for its time, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's um, the, at that point, because when these two guys are, are hunting around trying to find, um, it's Natasha, isn't it? Natasha and Grigory. Yeah. 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 Um, they're trying to hunt down her father who's gone missing. But before they find him, they find these human, jar, uh, human brains in jars. <laughs> and then when they when they find him inside the glass Dalek, um, and you find out later on in the story that um, Davros is removing the brains from these humans, and then basically, um, what's the word they use? Metamorphosizing the body down into Dalek form. Yeah. So you just see this like this little mini mountain of flesh and gunge and all sorts of crap, isn't it? Mm. It looks like you say it's well done. It looks really cool. It's really grim. Yeah, it's, it's grim. Really pretty grim. And it's grim when he starts talking to her as well. You just see yeah, like part of his head and his face, and he's got this like metal plate on his teeth, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's, all, it's all metal apart from one tooth. 
it's um yeah it's, it's as i say it's simple but effective i really liked it love the glass dalek as well i kind of wish we got to see a bit more of it because in my head i always think we see it like quite a lot but really you get like one brief shot of the whole thing and then the rest of it's pretty close up yeah um but yep. uh yeah it looks great i love it it does look very cool and it's, it's one of those things where whenever you see things like that in who i don't know about you mate but i immediately jump to like oh that would be cool as like a desk lamp oh <laughs> yeah it would or something yeah, like. a trick there, there yeah yeah it would be yeah <laughs> um, I thought that. Yeah. yeah so that'd be cool um Somebody out there should do that. That'd be great. They should indeed. A glass Dalek desk lamp. Oh, that's got... You're full of good ideas. That's yeah. got a win written all over it. <laughs> uh, anyway, what did you think to um, like the rest of the cast? Then? So those guys, they they play a fairly smallish part. They're just hunting around looking for a dad at that, that time. They do get captured later on. Yeah. Uh, what did you think tortured. to the, yeah, the cast in the funeral home? Tranquil what? repose. What do you think to those guys? Because they're a bit strange. Well, the, the the two guys, or Joe, Mr. Jobel? Mr. Jobel and Tass and Beaker and oh, right, Takis yeah. and Lilts and those uh, guys. They're all a bit weird, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're all a bit weird. Um, I absolutely love Mr. Jobel. I think he's just, he's so horrible, but I love him. <laughs> and womanising. Womanising yeah. and he's a bit camp as well and he's got his silly wig on. Um, and he's just <laughs> a horrible piece of work. He's really nasty to poor old Townsend Beaker, isn't he? He's obviously yeah. got you know, unrequited love story there. But but um, it's great to see Clive Swift playing that part because he was in, like you said, giving appearances for so long, wasn't he? That series went on for ages. And yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen that, I mean, he basically played the sort of downtrodden husband, didn't he? It was always, you know, he just basically would... Well, it was not a weak part, but you know what I mean? He wasn't exactly... He did the same thing every week. Um, and yeah, he does pop yeah. up again in Voyage of the Damned, doesn't he? Mr. As Copper. A, as a, yeah, as yep. that, and he's good in that. But it's great to see him playing a different part, and and he, and I think he plays it brilliantly because he he really does come across as a, a very nasty piece of work. Hmm. Uh, you know, yep. like you say, he's a womanizer. Um, he hasn't got time for anybody but himself. <laughs> Uh, and I love the scenes when he's conspiring against Davros and he keeps looking up at the camera and yeah, I, I thought he was brilliant in it. Really, really liked his character. Um, Tamsin Beaker, she's a strange actress. I wouldn't say she's particularly good, but, um, but I do think she suits the part and I do think she works in it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. that was the, um, that was the character or, yes, act, or actor, should I say that she, um, yeah, she was a little bit OTT for me. She was, um, yeah. I mean, she was good. Don't get me wrong. She was, she was, she was very good. Um, but she, yeah, she was a little bit very theatre and um, yeah, bit, a bit panto. But um, it was it's interesting to see the how well Clive Swift actually played that part because um, I imagine it must be quite difficult to play such a mean, you know, horrible, dismissive kind of person. To somebody who's also who's obviously quite sweet, and um, yeah, so it, it was good watching those two, and it's it's very um, it, it it's almost like shouting at the TV cheerable moments later on where she gets instructed by Davros to kill him. Yes, and she clearly doesn't want to, so she has one last effort, doesn't she? She oh. has one last go to try and to try and win his affection, and he just <laughs> brilliantly just tells her to do one, and yeah, oh uh, yeah. 
I know you're, you're really sort of thinking, no, she's not really doing it. She's completely puts her life on, on the line for him. And it's just crushing when he's, he's so horrible, isn't he? He's like, I could never look at a creature like you. And it's just like, oh, you, you do feel sorry for her. Um, yeah. I think the thing is, it's yeah, her performance, it does work. It's just that she kind of, um, it's just the way she delivers her lines at times. I think you're right. It's a bit, bit um, theatre-ish, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Clearly with her sore throat as well. And <laughs> when she's shouting at him and her voice is going. And, yeah. yeah, I do love that scene with Davros though, when he's like saying... Um, I'm going to turn, you know, I will let you become a Dalek as if it's a privilege. Yeah. And she's like, you can see that she's thinking, oh, my God, I need to get out of here. But obviously, like you would do, um, she plays along with it. And this is a great shot, isn't there? Just the Dalek eye coming in as if to say, make sure you say the right thing. You know, just that little bit of emphasis on um, putting the pressure on. Yeah. You know? And yep. so I think that's, you know, again, because it's directed by... Um, uh, Graham Harper, isn't it? Who's, who did uh, Kay Zanzani and that. He's a good director. So there's some really great moments like that, just real subtle things. Yeah. And but yeah, I love all that. Yeah, well, da- Danforth labels it up to her as um, uh, being immortal. That's right. Yes, he sees it as a, you know, a good thing, That's like a, good a, thing. a privilege, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, okay, well, let's um, let, before we talk about the Doctor and Perry and stuff, mm. uh, let's actually talk about Davros then because... Um, so, as you said, Terry Malloy. Yes. So good. I'd forgotten how brilliant he is in this. He yep. absolutely, well, he did not steal the show, but he's so good in this. I, I just, every moment that he's on screen, I just wanted him to be in it even more. I just, he's he's f- phenomenal in it. I love it. Such a crazy, but sort of well um, pitched performance. He, you know, he's going mad, but he's not going over the top. It's not embarrassing. It's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's good in Resurrection, but he's more subdued in that, isn't he? Because he's obviously like come out of his ice chamber and he's still coming back to life. Whereas in this, he's in full Davros mode, isn't he? Even when he's just a head in a jar. Yeah, I love Tomaloy in this. Yeah, really, really good. And um, yeah. he's he nails perfectly that whole. Um, you know when Davros gets really worked up and he mm-hmm. starts with his pointy finger and he's like, ah, you yeah. know, he's really going for it. Terry Malloy does that so well. And um, it's, it's, it's a joy to watch him play Dav- Davros, actually, mm. because he's, um, it's just a never-ending, um, like, onslaught of Davros. Yeah. You know, he's constantly, like, um, constantly evil, constantly sinister, you know, and just re- he never lets up. You know, like with some, you know, characters, obviously the Doctor and so on, you have like these ups and downs and, mm. you know, one moment there. You know, Davros is just constant and Terry Malloy does that so well. He's firing um, on all cylinders in this, isn't he? He's, sort yeah. of, um, he's really got loads of schemes going on and it's all going well for him. And even when he's being betrayed, he, he knows it. So he's on top of it. And I, I yeah. loved, as I said, that reveal when it turns out that, that head's just a fake and he's and it cuts to Davros sort of, slightly i don't know if he's on a on a wall or something but he's slightly high up isn't it and it's just like oh my god he's back you know oh uh, yes yeah just brilliant um, yeah. and he seems to be able to fire laser bolts now which is uh, not quite sure never seen davros do that up until this point but he's um he can sort of fire a laser from his eye in his hand in this one which is uh not something we've seen before mm, from his third blue eye or yeah. his only eye depending on which way you want to look at it yeah um yeah so he's got these like like force electricity like the emperor in star wars yeah that's right yeah yeah where he's yeah. like you know um incapacitates people 
from his from his hand. And that's another yeah. thing. He gets his another Star Warsy bit. He gets his hand chopped off. It, yes, that's right. Yeah, or shot yeah. off, whatever. Blown off. Yeah, yeah. and that's interesting because the next time, when's the next story we see Davros after this? Because he has got a robotic hand after this, so they've done the canon and the continuity quite well. Next one we see him is is Remembrance, but he's just um, he's in that sort of giant egg cup, isn't he? So you don't actually see his That's right. body. Yeah. Do you remember he's in that the lid lifts up and he's just you just see the head and a load of wires. So we don't get to see his hand. Uh, I yes. don't think, or do we? I don't think. No, um, I don't think we do. No, I don't think so. No, because um, he's kind of just shouting, isn't he? No. So the next time we see him back in his chair and with a hand is the mechanical hand, like you said, and that's... Um, that's new here, isn't it? Journey's End? No, what's the... The Stolen Earth. The, yeah, those those the, ones, yeah. That two-parter, that's it, yeah. 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 So um, interesting that they kept the um, the continuity there from Classic Who. Yeah, I like that, yeah. Hand, it's not yeah. something I'd really sort of focused on before as well either, but I, I thought that when, when I was watching it again the other day, I thought, same thing. Oh, they've, you know, they've remembered, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I have to mention, though, that I wasn't too keen on. Yeah. And it's not to do with Davros. Um, it was the voices of the Daleks in this. Yeah, they're not quite right, are they? They're not treated. No, they um, don't sound quite right, do they? No, and I don't, I don't remember it being like that. It's strange because, um, you know, well, there's another story where they don't, they're not quite right. Destiny, Destiny of the Daleks. Uh, oh, no, it's Davros, isn't it? In Destiny, his voice isn't treated and doesn't sound right. But, yeah, I hadn't remembered them sounding like that, but they don't sound Daleky enough, do they? They sound too... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could you could excuse it if you say, because obviously Davros is making them in a different way. So you could excuse it in that way, I think. But, yeah, I think it's more just a production yeah. thing. But they yeah. don't quite sound right. No, no, you're right. Yeah, I, I, did, I noticed that straight away, and I was like, oh... They look a bit different as well. They've got this extra sort of ring around the head. So, do you know I mean they've got like an extended neck? These white and gold ones, haven't they? Yes. They look different. Yeah, um, they do a little bit. And um, another little thing I've, I noticed as well, and maybe this is the first time I'm noticing this, or maybe I'm completely nuts and you guys will be like, uh, this is like every story. <laughs> um, but when they're firing their weapons and stuff, they have like these little, these little red, like little. Oh yeah, flower those. petals that pop out of the their laser arm yeah. things. You know, I've I've not noticed that before. But you, um, there's probably loads of people, as usual, every week yelling down at the podcast, <laughs> saying, "You idiot! This is in this story and that story." But I've not noticed it before. They sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, I think they had it in destiny i'm not sure because the bbc weren't very good at keeping hold of their daleks back in the classic <laughs> era where they used to sort of as soon as they'd finish filming they'd send them off to an exhibition or or you know something like that so very often when they went to make a dalek story um <laughs> they would just cobble together everything they'd got so you'd probably end up with a bit of an original dalek with another you know with a dalek that was made for another story and they sort of had so that you sort of end up with these funny little bits like that um i don't know which stories they do and don't have them but yeah they don't have it all the time it's a weird little thing as well isn't it? it's just like a little yeah it doesn't really look right no it looks not sure like what it's there for yeah, yeah strange um overall not too fussed with these daleks they were okay um, they didn't really do much. It was more. It was more of a. It's more of a Davros story, isn't yeah. it, rather than a Dalek yeah. story? But um, I like the look of them, though. I like the white and gold. I think it's. A f- I think it's the first time we get. 
Are white they white and gold? Are they white and gold or blue and black? Oh, no, don't start all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, they, they do look quite cool, but I just wasn't yeah. fussed about their involvement in the story. I, they just didn't really do a great deal, to be honest, no. um, until we have their, their grey cousins turned up mm. and dish out <laughs> some ass whoopings. Yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think to those guys? They, I think the white and gold ones look better. The grey ones looked a bit too... I think because they, of the colour and the lighting, they look very plasticky and... Yeah, they do, and they're all broken as well. Like if you look at the, the whole, <laughs> you know, the thing around the the, the middle is yeah, yeah. broken yeah. on a lot of them. Yeah, no, I, I prefer the look of the white ones, but um, yeah, like you said, they don't get a lot to do. There's a good shot, you know, when Ursini is um, first sets off to kill Davros, and they bump into a Dalek, and it's and it's um, done on a on a real location. Um, it's a shame the Dalek isn't more animated because it's really yeah. it's really good to see that white and gold Dalek actually outside. And it's it's a real rustic location they found as well, so it looks really good. Yeah. And obviously they blow it up, but it doesn't seem to be moving, and it's such a shame because it's a great shot, but it's just so unanimated that you sort of think, oh, there's no one in there, is there? It's just an just a explosion pack. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a yeah, it's a good. I do like the, the white and gold. It's a shame, really, on some stories that they didn't, and I and I'm pretty sure it's down to time and obviously money with with classic who, but. I've seen it in a few classic stories where they the Daleks are they really don't show like the production team. They don't show them much love at all. Um, I remember in um uh when I watched Remembrance of the Daleks. Yeah. And some of the scenes where the Daleks are uh, are going down the street and they're like you know patrolling looking for the doctor and they're bouncing around all over the place and they're shaking around and it looks like oh come on yeah you, you i know. think probably the ones in remembrance are the worst for for the yeah for wobbling around it's almost as if they're on one big wheel in that isn't it <laughs> um whereas they're, they're yeah. not too bad in this in fact if anything they hardly move so uh, it's quite good um yeah yeah but you're right it's more of a davros story than a than a dalek one yeah um one thing i don't get actually is why davros is trying to lure the doctor there anyway because surely the doctor's just going to try and um scupper his plan so i've never quite understood what davros is you know he says it's all part of my plan like the statue doesn't really make sense does it why mm. and also you know could, how do they know the doctor would see it the, the whole statue thing is a bit silly um although it makes for a bizarre cliffhanger um, where it collapses on the doctor. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just mad. But yeah. yeah, I don't know why Davros wants the doctor there. That's the only sort of thing nitpick I really have with it is that, you know, why does he want the doctor there? Surely the doctor's just going to sc- scupper his plans, unless Davros wants to turn him into a Dalek or something. Yeah, that's the only, that was the only thought I had. Mm. Oh, I've got that written down, actually. That, that's the only thought I had on it was, um, th- th- it makes no sense to to lure the doctor there. Yeah, because there's always that possibility, and as he's been foiled a few times already by the Doctor, it's a bit of a dangerous move yeah. to try and get him there. But yeah, like you say, it's probably maybe he wants to turn him into a Dalek, and yeah, not All just part of some mad scheme. Yeah, um, and then we have the great so Dalek, so Davros, brilliant. Um, yes, Daleks, not so bad, pretty good. Um, Orsini, Orsini, pretty cool character, I'd say. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, what's the actor's name? Because he's more known for comedy roles, but he's um, he's good in this. I don't know what his yeah, name William is. Yeah, William Gaunt. Oh, William Gaunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Known for sort of sitcoms and things, but yeah, giving quite a, again a bit of a hammy performance. But <laughs> I like it. I, I I like the character. He's sort of a he's sort of a bit full of himself, isn't he? He's obviously sort of um, 
knocked off a few villains in his time and he's quite confident and he's got his bionic leg yeah which gets yeah. shot off that's, oh, that's <laughs> hilarious when that thing goes flying across the room yeah um i was watching the making of of that it just shows how um you know how times have changed like you know they would they would have done that so easily now and back then he's got his like leg tied right up as far as it would go behind his you know behind his back and stuff and you know this little thing on a wire being pulled off and it's really sort of ah oh, the things they went through back then just to make such a simple effect work yeah, yeah, yeah. and well, actually, that's you know the bit at the beginning where the you see that hand grab something in the water, the very very beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. A very very simple shot, and I've never ever thought anything of it before. I was watching on the making of of that of just how difficult it was to get in that freezing water and right. get the camera right, just to see that hand come up and grab that thing that Perry froze in the water. I was just thinking, yeah, you know, you don't you forget that back then they just had to really do this stuff. You know, it'd be so easy to do now. So. Yeah, I mean, these days, yeah, you just hop in the water in a nice semi-warm wetsuit. Yeah. You know, put the camera on a little rig of some sort, and it's probably not too bad. But, yeah, I can imagine back in the day, it yeah, would have been it a was nightmare. It freezing, yeah. and they're trying to get him to stay down so he can pop this sort of clawed hand up or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. But um, going back to Orsini, yeah, g- g- a good character. I love it. I love the way he's just... You know straight away what he's about, don't mm-hmm. you? And I like his little sidekick as well. What's, what's the sidekick's Bo-stock. name? Bowstock. Bowstock. Um, yeah, yeah two good little team there, I thought. We don't get to see as much of them as I thought we did, actually. But, yeah, I liked them. So it was yeah. good. And the initial conversation he has with... Um, uh, with what's the, what's the Cara. woman's... Cara. that's it, yeah. The initial conversation when he turns up, because she's obviously hired him. See, that's um, another good pairing, isn't it? Cara and Vogel. They're, they're really funny as well, because, again, the humour, when they're doing all that... <laughs> laughing through gritted teeth with Davros and all that they're really good in it as well yeah yeah um yeah like the he's like the camp little kind of uh, assistant butler type isn't he yeah when she when he gets killed she oh I wish I'd written it down she she comes out with a great line it's not like oh no you've killed him it's something like oh assistance good assistance are so hard to find yeah, yeah. something like that it's, you know the, the humor in this is so dark but so brilliant yeah it's, you know, it's, it's eric saywood isn't it wrote this eric sawwood yeah saywood sorry yeah saywood sawwood yeah. um yeah which is probably worse you know you normally get a lot of deaths a in lot an of eric saywood <laughs> script and they're normally pretty dark but i think even by his standards this is dark yeah um, but yeah they're cool those two and like you said i like the little conversation between them and orsini when they're plotting to to you know to bring davros down yeah he just knows all about it and he? he's not having any of it yeah and the, the thing i found quite amusing actually i don't think it was meant to be funny but the thing i found quite amusing is that when he's having that when he first arrives on necros and he's talking to Kara, they have this conversation and he seems a bit unsure at first and then he finds out that it's davros and he's all up for it um and then he's kind of got this honorable vibe about him you know, he's like this, mm. you know, this assassin guy that's taken out many, many enemies and, you know, that kind of lives by the sword yes. uh, kind of attitude. And then literally when he's out of her office and they're out in that location that we spoke about, he's got a bloody Uzi machine gun. Yeah. He's not an mess- old faithful tool, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's not messing about with a sword. He's like, I'll oh, screw that. Mm-hmm. Let's just go in with the guns and, uh, yeah, so I, I I quite liked his character. It would have been nice to see a bit more of him. He was captured quite easily and quite quickly. Mm. Um, it would have been cool to see a bit more of him. But uh, yeah, him and Bostock were quite funny. Again, another little cool pairing. Yes, yeah. In the episode, it was quite funny. 
Um, I, I really like the cast in this. I think everybody in it, bar, like you said, a couple of maybe little bits, but even people who've got quite a minor role, you know, like the two funeral assistants that do the torturing, those two guys. Yeah. You know, they're quite minor characters, but they're still pretty good. Like, um, I th- everyone seems to be taking it quite seriously, even even those that are playing a character that's quite OTT. No one's sort of... Um, well, there is one which we're going to come on to. Uh, not not uh, Trans and Beaker, but there is one person in this which we haven't mentioned yet, which... Um, I was going to mention I, it now, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't think he was taking it that seriously. <laughs> but um, but everyone else, I think, is really, really good in this. They're yeah, all, yeah. all kind of playing their part really, really well, I think. Um, but yeah, let's come on to the person that perhaps... <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't say... Well, let's 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 talk about the DJ. The DJ, um, um, one of the worst American accents you'd probably find on TV. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if that's intentional or not. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it's absolutely shocking the American accent. Yeah. Um, and it's and the acting as well is, you abysmal. know, it, yeah, it's abysmal. Um, but he kind of serves a. He does serve a little purpose later on, doesn't he? He does save mm. Perry from from some Daleks that are after him. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh it's, yeah, and you again, know? it's not supposed to be funny, but when he gets up, and <laughs> it's just the fact he's like, right, Daleks killed. Oh, hang on, there's one position he's blown to bits. It's really sort of, um, it's not meant to be comical, but it's no. quite funny when he finally gets it. Um, yep. <sighs> Alexi Sale, I don't know. He just, <laughs> yep. I, I don't really. I sort of have a bit of a love hate thing with it because i kind of don't i think he's a bit rubbish in it but i kind of think it's sort of so bad that it works somehow but i don't know yeah it's like um, it would it it adds another it adds another element of craziness to an already crazy story doesn't it yeah i mean um, if it wasn't in it i was thinking um yeah if he wasn't in it i think he would it would it matter does he actually add anything to the story? Yeah, the only thing really that he adds to it is, well, he 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 saves Perry. That's pretty much it. Mm. But everything before that point is just nonsense and 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 flim flam. Um, and does it take you out of the story a bit? Because that's one of the notes I made. Like you're getting a into quite bit. good yeah. storytelling, and then he pops up doing one of these silly accents and dressed like an idiot and. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure really. Sometimes I find it a bit annoying, and other times I think, "Well, yeah, it's all right." Yeah, there was there was when I when I first saw his scenes, mm. I thought to myself, "Yeah, this is a bit, this is a like a bit disjointed from the story and everything." Yeah. Um, but then there was one bit that did actually make me laugh, and that was when he's doing his American accent and all that stuff, and then he kind of mutes his mic and he goes back to his natural accent. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, don't answer at once. Yeah. And um, I find those, I found those bits quite funny and stuff. But overall, he was a little bit, yeah, it was a bit like, um, like the deadly assassin, you know, in where we have like the news reporter guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's that kind of vibe where it's, it's, it's taking you out of the, the core narrative of the story, I suppose. It's like, it's almost like they're, they're speaking to you, the viewer. Right, yeah. You know, it's like a bit weird. It's a bit like, in, in in the same sort of surreal way that um, Sleep No More did, you know, where it felt like the Doctor was talking to you. It's breaking you, the fourth wall a bit. Yeah, it, it does a little bit, and it, it's a mm. bit disjointing and stuff. But, you know, I can't really... I can't really knock it a great deal because it was... 
you know the rest of the story is so enjoyable mm. you know it's like one like i said at the very start you overlook some of these things because you're just going with the story but um overall i would say that's the one thing that does you know pull you out of it a little bit and yeah make makes you think a little bit like oh you know you know let's get this guy out of the way and back to what's going on mm. that that and the wallpaper on the wall can oh, be quite distracting lord the set the set wallpaper was oh, uh, and it's 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 not even wallpaper that you would see <laughs> around houses during that time in uh in like the early 80s even mm. like you know people's bad wallpaper was better than that it was uh, yeah it was it was crazy yeah it was grim there there is um there is one person that i think gets even less to do than, right. than the dj though and that's perry she gets absolutely nothing to yeah, do let's in talk this about story those guys. at all. Yeah, um, um, you're right. Yeah, she she just she does nothing. Yeah, the doctor just says, "Oh, you go off and meet the DJ," and that's it. She really doesn't. I was all the way through. I kept thinking Perry is just like following the doctor around, you know, doing absolutely bugger all in this story. And I felt a bit sorry for her actually because. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't really get much to do apart from wine. Like, you know, there's a scene at the start of her and, and the Doctor and they're kind of bickering. And that's one of the things that used to annoy me about the Sixth Doctor era is that her, you know, the Doctor and Perry, just every episode, bicker, bicker, bicker. And I used to think, oh, dear. Because yeah. it seemed like lazy writing to me. Um, and there's, you know, so immediately this episode starts off with them landing and bickering and yeah. and stuff. And she's really whiny as well. Um, so I... I'm not a massive fan of Perry in this story, um, but I don't blame Nicola Bryant. I just I blame Eric Seward, 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 because he just doesn't give her anything to do. You know, he just packs her off, and like you said, the DJ saves her life. Is that an intentional pun, do you think? Possibly. Last night, last night a DJ saved my life, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so that's basically, yeah. All that, that's basically all that she does in it. So a bit of a waste of a character there. So that's the other sort of slight negative i have about it if you like yeah i don't know what she could have done i mean they, we get to see that brilliant mutant guy at the beginning and he looks horrific doesn't mm-hmm. he even yeah. now that makeup just stands out as being really gross and, and really well done i mean I, I find it quite hard to watch look at that guy mm, the makeup is cool yeah yeah but um but yeah apart from that bit she doesn't really get anything to do yeah I th- yeah you've kind of read my mind mate on that i completely agree i think there just wasn't enough written in for her to do really yeah, uh, she has a little bit at the beginning, but it's mainly just a whinge and a moan, mm. um, and and that's it. Because um, one yeah. of the things that fans complain about with this story is that the Doctor and Perry don't feature in it very much, which I suppose to an extent is true, especially in Episode One. They actually aren't in it that much. Um, they're just on a stroll, really. Yeah, they're on a stroll. Well, I think well they're in it, but it takes them a long. They don't actually get to the the place until Episode Two, do they? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's not something that particularly bugs me, but I do see what fans mean when they say that. It's, you know, it does take them a while to actually get into the story. Yeah. We mainly get to meet the other characters first, but thankfully those other characters are so good, I think it, it still works pretty well, actually. Yeah. And what did you think to old Sixy in this uh, story? Yeah, I, 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 I like Colin. <laughs> I mean, this is, um, you know, it's the end of his second series, is it? it must, or is it his first? How many did he do? Because obviously after this, we get the the famous 18-month hiatus or whatever it was. So I think Colin was just starting to rock and roll as his doctor, actually. Pretty, yeah, it's a bit of a shame that we don't, you know, when he comes back in trial, he's kind of um, literally on trial. So Trial of a time, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I think Colin's good in this. I, I do like Colin's Doctor. Um, I think again, he doesn't get an awful lot to do in terms of the actual story, which is why I said earlier Terry Malloy kind of, you know, steals the show in this one a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, Colin's good. I do like Colin. I mean, he's he's so good on Big Finish that you can see what great potential he has. So I, I often feel a bit underwhelmed by his Doctor on the TV, um, but I think he's good in this. Yeah. Cool. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, sexy. Yeah, I I don't mind Colin Baker. I think he's um. Uh, sometimes I feel sorry for for Colin Baker um, for a couple of reasons, really. I mean, there are things like an example. The first uh, proms that I went to. Oh yeah, uh, I think it was twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, something like that, and they had. Um, they had a series there where they were playing each of the Doctor's themes. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the every Doctor got their own cheer and stuff like that. And Colin Baker always gets the least amount of of, of cheering and applause mm. and love, really, when they're going for all of the Doctors. Um, you know, everybody explodes when, you know, Tom. Eccleston and Tom Baker and David Tennant, all that stuff, which is fair enough. But, you know, uh, Colin Baker, I don't know, he always just seems to get the least amount of of love like if there's a mm. if you put all the doctors in the room you know i don't get me wrong there are some he definitely has his fans for sure yeah um, but i feel sorry for him sometimes and uh it, it's just a, a miracle really for big finish mm. um because he's he's much better i would oh, say so good in yeah. big finish and on tv um but yeah overall i don't really i don't really mind his doctor he's, he's quite cool and I, I, I do quite like him in this um it's just some little colin bakerisms really that mm. um that that are like oh okay because like there's these the way he acts he can be a very he can be very brash and mm. and I'm sure that's what he's putting into the character but he seems to repeat things quite he seems quite annoyed a lot especially at Perry yeah um, and he repeats things and, and makes her feel like completely stupid all the time and mm. like um like at the beginning of this episode she's like so who's this guy we're here to see or something? And he's like, guy, guy. And he's immediately, her face is like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Said the wrong thing again. And um, so that kind of grates on me a little bit after I've watched his doctor for a little while. You know, he's constantly, you know, making his companions feel like crap, really. Yeah, you've got to ask yourself why Perry actually travels with him. That's that's the thing. Whenever I'm watching it, I always think, that was me. I'd have been out of there ages ago, especially after um, the twin dilemma where he tries to strangle her. I mean, I just, I often think, I just think yeah. you need a bit more warmth between those two because yeah, yeah. why on earth would she still be traveling with him when yeah. he talks and treats her like that? But if you yeah, imagine, yeah, I know what you mean about the mannerisms. Yeah, if you can imagine somebody like Tegan... Or, or Donna Noble or somebody, they would have slapped him one long, oh, you know, yeah. long before then. So you do feel a bit sorry for, for, for Perry as well and stuff like that. But overall, mm. I thought he was, I thought he was good in this. I, I thought he had some good lines and some good scenes. And, and I don't mind his doctor. I think, I think he's okay. There was just like little bits that he, little mannerisms that, you know, he does that I'm not too fond of, but. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, his era is a strange one. I mean, I, I think that's probably why he sort of, like you said, can be overlooked a little bit because uh, his stories are very up and down. I, I think this is one of the better ones. Um, there's some Colin Baker stories I really struggle with. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think he, he's all right. One of the things I, I really didn't like about this when I was a kid 
because I, I don't know how old I would have been when this went out, but because I appreciate this story so much more now. Yeah. I think when this first went out, I can remember liking it, but but not enjoying. I mean, I I can't stand needles for for a start. I hate injections. Yeah. So when when I first watched this, I would have been quite young, and I really really didn't like the scenes where Joe Bell gets stabbed with a needle, and then later on, even you know that that. Kara gets stabbed by a needle by Osini, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. And I really, yeah. really didn't like those bits <laughs> as a kid. Um, I actually, watching it again now, I actually am a little bit surprised there. Because I know you don't see any blood or anything, but I still find them a little bit uncomfortable to watch. I am a little bit surprised that they were left in or, or were right. shot in the way, sorry, just remember, shot in the way that they were. Because you do clearly, I know we all know it's a fake needle, but... Do you know what I mean? They, it's pretty sort of grim for um, a family stroke kids show, which is what it was back then. Yeah. You know, it was aimed at a family audience, wasn't it? So, yeah, I'm still a little bit uncomfortable with some of the sort of graphic violence, if you like, in this. Mm-hmm. Um, those yep. scenes in particular do stand out. I think it's just because I, I can't stand needles. I hate seeing people being stabbed with needles, <laughs> even if it looks particularly fake like it does in this one, you know. Yeah. Is um, Townsend Beaker really gives it to him, doesn't she? When she stabs him, she doesn't mess around. So it's quite—I don't know. Did, what did you think? Do you find it graphic, or is it just are we just so blasé to these things now that it doesn't doesn't matter? Um, yeah, I didn't find it. I, I didn't have a problem with it too much. No. Um, I think, like you say, it just—it does look a bit fake. Yeah, some of it, and um, but I think uh, I think a lot of people that share your your dislike for needles and stuff. So I can imagine that a lot of people don't like those bits either. You know, they're like, uh, uh, and all that. And I'm just surprised that at the time they didn't sort of think, oh, I don't think we should have people being stabbed with syringes in Doctor Who. <laughs> I think, because, you know, um, what's his name? J&T was quite, um, you know, he's quite controlling about the show. And he used to pick up on silly little things that he wouldn't allow in it. So it seems strange for him to allow two, like a syringe and a needle to be used in it and not, because you could have quite easily substituted those scenes to, to be a laser gun, which would have been just so, you know, run of the mill and, and, and you know, wouldn't have had any impact. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just surprised that they were sort of allowed to, to, to do that back in the day um, right. in the show. But yeah. Talking of laser guns, the doctor mm. actually gets a bit hand happy with a gun in this one. Yeah, Colin's doctor um, doesn't really have any problems with uh, guns and um, killing people with uh, acid. And uh, mm-hmm. um, what does he do to shock eye? He, he doesn't have a problem with violence, this doctor. Yeah. So some people say that Capaldi's channeling a bit of Baker uh, in that sense, um, which yeah. I can see to a yeah. point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he doesn't have a problem picking up a gun. He's ready to do what needs to be done. I suppose he's a you know very very different to Peter's doctor in that sense. Who wouldn't even never want to touch a gun? No. Yeah. And very different to Tennant's doctor, which we watched last week, who, who absolutely refused to hold a gun. Point uh, blank, yeah, just wouldn't yeah. do it. Um, yep. So yeah, so we're we're looking at a different doctor here. Completely. Yep. Mm. Yes. Um, I don't think there's anything else to mention with this one. I think we've covered most. Yes, the only thing is the very end, isn't it? The last line, which gets bizarrely just cut off. Does it? Oh, oh do you know what? I, I thought that was... Um, sorry, I know what you mean. Yeah, when I first watched it, I thought that was intentional. Uh, as in, like, it was written that way. Yeah. Like, they were always just going to cut that off and, like, leave you hanging to where they were going next time. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, because of this hiatus they had to go on, um, they just chopped it off, didn't they? What's, what's he going to say? Where were, the, where were they? Blackpool. Blackpool. <laughs> 
Yeah. I should have asked you to guess before I told you. But yeah, yeah, so it's like, Perry, nothing, um, I'll take you too. And then there's this sort of freeze frame. But the weird thing is he looks directly at the camera. Mm. So like you said, it's almost as if, like you said, they were going to do that anyway. Because um, it would have been strange if they'd have had to edit it and he was just sort of looking down. Or, do you know what I mean? It seems weird that he looks up to the camera when it pauses. But uh, yeah, Blackpool, it would have been the Nightmare Fair would have been the next one, which um, Big right. Finish did an audio of actually. Uh, a couple of years back now, um, yes, one of their yeah. Lost Stories series. I, I did listen to it. It was okay. It wasn't, um, wasn't brilliant. But, yeah, it would have been the Nightmare Fair, but sadly the series was put on hiatus for some months mm. Yeah, before blasting back on the screens in Trial of the Time Lord. So yeah. a strange ending, strange way to end. It, it was a bit of a, a, a rough cut as well. I'm sure they could have done like a nice little fade out or an echo or something, but they just literally cut the frame, don't they? And it's frozen and and that's it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit savage. A bit weird. Um, and also, yeah, just I think you picked up earlier the the huge white statue that falls on top of the Doctor, <laughs> clearly made of polystyrene or something. Yes, but um, yeah. I didn't understand the reasoning behind that i don't know if you did no, no i don't because the doctor does say that um the reason why the statue is there is in remembrance of him mm. um so it's it, i think he says something like he dies while he's in that regeneration which is why the statue looks like his version of the doctor there yeah so i'm not sure why they it, is that something that davros did or Oh uh, yeah, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, it kind of comes back to that whole thing of why is Davros trying to get in there? Because, yeah, I I don't know. It's one of the notes I made is uh, I wrote why has Davros made a statue of the Doctor? It, it's um it's a really odd thing to do. And if you're going to try and lure someone to a planet, it's not the first thing I'd think of. I wouldn't sort of be sitting there thinking, right? How can I, how can I get Gary to come to my planet? <laughs> I know, I've got it. I'm going to build a giant statue and then I'm going to make it topple on top of him, but I'm not going to kill him. It'll all be one big ruse to get him to come in. It, it's, a, it's, I don't know what Eric Saywood was thinking when he wrote that, but it is just bizarre. Yeah, it, it ruins the cliffhanger a little bit for me <laughs> as well because strange. just that huge white face coming down on top of the camera that from a distance it looks pretty much, it does pretty much look like Colin Baker. But then when yeah. you see the close-up of it, it just looks like this huge grinning, stupid face. That's. Yeah. <laughs> I had. To, I was yeah. watching the the making of actually afterwards, because um, I enjoyed this so much. I, I actually wanted to. Uh, it's weird. It ended, and I was like, oh, I need, I need more. I need more. So I watched the extras on the DVD, and yeah, Graham Harper was saying when he filmed it, it was um, supposed to be just the long shot, right, of, right. of it falling on Colin, but it looks so bad it just looks you know it looks so feeble falling on him he's like i can't use that um so he just used that quick frame of it from the long shot and then cut to the he thought i know i'll have it tumbling down towards the camera just give it some gravitas uh, so that's what he was going for um, yeah. but i think yeah. he had to work with what he was given yeah it doesn't yes. look great it doesn't look great um Yes. Why does Perry just assume he's dead as well? I, 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 the best bit about that, though, is the way that uh, Mr. Joe Bell just minces on from the <laughs> side. As if, like, doesn't care, couldn't care less that her yeah. best friend's just been splattered all over the pavement. He's just, like, trying to chat her up within seconds. I yeah. love that. Yeah, he's a funny old character, isn't he? He's, one of, he's becoming one of my favourite characters. So, so funny. Yeah. You have affection for this man? Yeah. <laughs> 
He's just got his horrible grinning face on the screen. Yeah. Brilliant. He's, he plays that very well, actually. I love it. Yeah. Rightio, Revelation of the Daleks, then. Mm. Um, uh, are we going to kick off 2016? Who's going to go first? You, you go first. I go first, okay. Um, I will give this an 8 out of 10. Right, yeah. I've written the same, actually, but I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to go up. Yeah. I'm going to an 8.5. I'm doing the countdown thing of showing you my score, but you can't see it because of the light. I'd written 8 out of 10, but I'm going up because I really, really enjoyed it, actually. Um, the only things that took it down for me were the DJ and Perry um, and maybe the statue. So I'm going to go 8.5 just to be different. I'm just going to add in an extra 0.5 there. Just to be yeah. different. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed watching this a lot more than I thought I would. I mean, I yeah, really, really enjoyed rewatching this. Oh, buddy. Yeah, you've read... You've read my mind again. I was, I was literally just about to say I enjoyed it a lot more than what I thought I was. Yeah, um, and, and I think when we do when we do watch back these episodes for review, I think you do the same as well. I I do try to wipe my mind of any sort of preconceived thoughts mm. or people's views on it and how they view certain doctors or episodes. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm glad that that we that we do that really. I don't I don't like going into episodes you know thinking oh this is going to be rubbish because someone on twitter said it was absolute crap two weeks ago so um but yeah i did quite enjoy this one yeah it was, yeah it was, it was a great classic episode yeah you have to go with a clean slate it's, it's different when you watch an episode to review as well because you have to find good and bad in it um a bit like when we did time of the rani you know <laughs> yeah. I, I love that story I, I just really enjoy watching it but obviously when you go to review it, you've got to look at it subjectively. So yeah, I always go into these with a try and go in with a, a completely clear slate. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll um, tell you what's a good sign of if you've enjoyed something is that I immediately wanted to watch more who after watching it. So like I said about watching the extras. Yeah. So it was um I always know I've enjoyed something and I'm like, right, I need to watch something else now. I need more. So yeah. yeah. No, I agree, mate. Um and what did you guys think? Um on Twitter. Uh, we had um, uh, Master Hoovi at Master Hoovians. Um, I think those guys um, they were setting up a new uh, blog or YouTube channel or something the other day, and uh, I think those guys have got some cool stuff coming. So um, you might want to check those guys out. Um, uh, they said it's a great episode uh, with a great cliffhanger, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of Colin's finest, and in my opinion, the last great Colin Baker episode. Seven mm. out of ten. Mm. Mm. Uh, over on Facebook, um, uh, Sammy Satine uh, says, I recently watched this story. Uh, I'm not much of a Sixth Doctor fan, but this was good. Solid episode. Uh, I like Perry. Uh, I also enjoy stories which feature Davros and the Daleks. Uh, they are so refreshingly evil. Also, back then, they seemed to put a lot more effort into Dalek stories. Mm. Seven out of ten. Uh, Andrew Boland, uh, who recently started following us on Facebook, uh, hello, Andrew. Uh, he says, this is one of the eeriest, darkest, and brilliant Doctor Who stories of all time. Uh, it's a close to perfect as they can get. 10 out of 10. Mm. Very cool. Uh, we had an audio clip in. This is from um, a long-time listener, Mr. Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary Allen from the Big Blue Box Podcast. Hope you guys are well. Now, um, this review of Revelation of the Daleks, I always get some of them mixed up. I haven't seen this in a while, so do forgive me if I don't get things spot on. Overall, though, I really did enjoy this episode. I thought it was good. Um, that Colin Baker and Petty are always fantastic together, I think. I think they always have that chemistry. Dav Ross, again, a great character in this one. 
Um, I think the whole plot as well about how the bad the Daleks are and that we see a different colour Dalek, uh, which we were trying to get in the remembrance. I think it's a really cool plot and those two guys, uh, I didn't like them that much, but apart from that I really did enjoy it. So there you go guys, I'm going to give it a 6.5 on memory, because it's not the best story ever, but it's always a nice one to go back and watch if you're bored. See you guys <laughs> next week. Thank you, 6. Alex. 6.5 from Alex. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, I know what he means about getting them mixed up. When, when, when you asked me to introduce it earlier, I had to look at my notes to make sure I got the... Only because it's resurrection, revelation. Yeah, easy to get them muddled. Yeah. Uh, following on on Facebook, uh, Lewis Palmer. Uh, a very good story. Although it is a bit slow, uh, it's an incredibly fascinating and twisted story. Uh, I like Colin's relationship with Perry because it shows the evolution of their dynamic. Uh, I do like the ending, though. I'll take you to cut off. Yeah. Kira Knight, uh, very good story, brilliant direction from Graham Harper, and I like Colin's blue suit. <laughs> Did it pretty cool. Um, Fionn Walsh, um, uh, really like this story. Colin Baker era does get criticised a fair bit, but I truly believe this is one of those better episodes. Yeah. Really like it as a whole. Eight out of ten. Did you have anything over on the Geeks handbag page? Yes, I had a couple. Yeah, I'll just uh, just get those up on the screen. Just while I'm doing that, I just remembered uh, you talk about the blue cloak. Reminded me of the. I do like the scene where Perry crushes the Doctor's pocket watch. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. He that just was hilarious. All the contents out. Because <laughs> yeah. at first I was thinking, what's, what's she done? I thought she'd ripped the coat or something. Yeah, uh, that was a nice little scene. Yeah, yeah. Geek Sandbag. Um, Adam Time Lord Fishwick just says great story. Uh, Richard Hawks, long-time Doctor Who fan, Richard, he says, didn't like it at the time, love it now. The black comedy is marvellous. The Doctor going to shake hands with Davros despite having his hand blasted off is pure magic. So Richard, <laughs> I like this one. Uh, an ab-lib by Colin, apparently that was, which doesn't surprise me. Um, Paul Gibbs says, it's an odd mis mismatch of parts, but those parts are enjoyable. There's the long-standing complaint about the Doctor and Perry not being in the action for too long, but I forgive the old series such sense. So I think Paul enjoys it. So yeah, overall, yeah, I think this is one, I think like a lot, like we said earlier, I think a lot of people are thinking, you know, yeah, it's an all right one, but I think go back and rewatch it like we did. Yeah. I think it might go up in your estimations. Yeah, give it a watch. And um, the next time you want to watch a classic who, um, a Dalek a classic who story, um, just pick this one up. Just pick it mm. off the shelf and get a rewatch because... Um, yeah, for me, absolutely. I, I, for some reason, I enjoyed it a lot more mm. watching it this time round. And what I, I don't think I've seen it in literally like over a couple of years or something. So, um, but it's, it has been great. And um, so, what did you give me? Eight point five. Eight point five. Yeah, give it, and an yeah. eight for me. So, um, yeah, Colin Baker, surprisingly, up in there because I think some of his other stories we've reviewed them quite low i think like fives and six maybe four well was the story that went out before this was um time lash wasn't it we did and we time have lash, reviewed yeah. that um yeah so oh, i gave it a two <laughs> did you and you gave it a 2.5 time lash a two point god i didn't realize i'd been that harsh i mean it is yeah, yeah. it is not a story i i like yeah so um yeah this is uh quite <laughs> quite um high up compared to that this is miles better isn't it miles better yeah. yeah so thank you very much guys for sending in your your comments what are we doing next week dude next week well we'll be diving into some matt smith um era so we're going to be reviewing the god complex yay the god complex um yeah i i can't remember anything about this at all 
Um, I know a lot of people love it. I know some people think it's awful, but I, I literally can't remember it. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching this one. Uh, I will literally be going into it with a blank mind. The only thing I can remember is that thing with the the horns going down the <laughs> corridor. That's the only thing I can remember about it. So yeah. uh, definitely worthy of a re- rewatch. Let us know what you guys think of it. Yes. God Complex. Yeah, I'm glad we're doing a Matt Smith one as well because I, this is probably just me again, but I feel that Matt Smith's gotten a little bit lost um, and forgotten about rather quickly these days because um, mm. everybody, absolutely and rightly so, everybody is into Capaldi, yeah. which is cool because he's he's amazing as the doctor um but there's david tennant's been very active and doing a lot these days um with the whole broad church thing and he's now with that huge announcement with big finish and all that stuff and matt smith seems to be kind of in the middle like you know trapped in a capaldi tenant sandwich yes and um so i'm glad that we're we're, we're going to bring old uh wavy fingers uh back into uh into the review so that's cool yeah me too yeah. Uh, and I think we'll wrap there, buddy. Okay. So that's episode 72, done in the can. Mm. Sweet. Yeah, really enjoyed talking through that one, actually. Like you said at the beginning, so good to get back into classic. Yes, and um, I think I've put on Twitter a couple of times over the last week or so uh, that I'm really, really looking forward and happy that we're back into into the classic stuff because um, as much as I've loved the Capaldi uh, and all that stuff, um, my uh, I've got so much love for the classic years. Um, so I'm glad that we're going back now that now that the new stuff has finished it gives us a chance to dive back into so much awesomeness from the mm. classic years yeah and there's so good. many i want to do I, I, I said to you earlier that i've got a i've got some in mind that i just simply am bursting to review with you yeah so uh, it's me too, good buddy. times ahead good, good times, times ahead. indeed yeah uh so thank you once again for sending in your facebook audio clips and uh and tweets and all that jazz please continue to do so and uh, look out for uh, the Facebook uh, listing or post um, uh, probably tomorrow, Saturday or Sunday for the God Complex and you can put all your thoughts and reviews and uh, pain points or moments of joy, whatever and we'll read them all out as always we love your comments uh, so in the meantime though, do check out the website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk and from there you can link off to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you like and you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you listen on iTunes on an iPhone or a Mac or whatever it is, uh, if you could jump on and give us a review, uh, that helps us out massively. That would be really great. Uh, also, check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag, on YouTube and Facebook. Yes, confession dial videos should be out by the time this podcast go out. All technical problems uh, <laughs> not evading me. It should be out now. Yay. 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 And... Um, yeah, check out some of Adam's uh, other videos. Go right back to the beginning. All the way back. All the way back. Yeah, some great stuff there. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing a confession dial. Yeah. Rather yeah, jealously right. looking forward to seeing that one. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm just pleased I've got it done. And it's oh, it's only four and a half minutes. It's taken me weeks. <laughs> weeks <laughs> so yeah, yeah, anyway, so I hope people enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, and if you've got any convention um, 
uh, recommendations for us do send those over because mm. um, we want to get out and about as much as possible in 2016 um, so yes that's going to wrap uh, my name's Gary my name's Adam and until next time and, and...